0: Hello, and welcome to Meet My Potential podcast, where we talk to leaders from around the world to inspire and ignite your potential. This is your host Deepa Natarajan from Friends. And today, we're speaking with Zana Goek on how does not being bold hurt you? Zana is an internationally certified leadership coach, and she is on a mission to continuously help leaders get bolder and bolder so that they can live and lead from a place of integrity her commitment to creating bold leadership cultures within organizations is simply appalling i've had a conversation with Zana a couple of times and our relationship goes way back i think to 2016 or 17 and i can tell you her eyes and her questions will evoke that boldness in you and before we get started on this episode I want to invite you to watch my masterclass where I talk about the need for us to rethink leadership. Vulnerability is one of the key elements that helps us to make changes in our life and as a leader. And this is a methodology where I share with you how we can actually shift the way we lead and make changes in a sustainable way. And so if you got a few minutes Head over to meetmypotential.com slash masterclass and watch this little video where I share with you what is it to rethink leadership and how can you make sustainable change. All right, let's get started on this interesting episode with Zana. Hello, Zana, and welcome to the show. How are you doing today?
1: Hello, Deepa. Well, um, I'm really good. I can see the spring is coming where I am here. And so I like it. I like spring and it feels really good.
0: (laughs) We met in 2016, several years ago. And the minute I saw you, I knew that there was something very bold and brave about you. And here we are to talk about how does it hurt to not be bold? So take us right into your story. How did it hurt you when you didn't show up with your bold self?
1: Oh, wow. You know, Deepa, this is a really powerful question right out of the gate, I have to say this. (laughs) Um, I am going to start with a belief that I've got around boldness. And we're going to come to the point about how it hurt me not being bold and how I actually believe it hurt all of the leaders not being bold. So, So here's the stake, boldness, takes your soul fullness. And I will explain immediately what it means. I'll double
0: click on this belief, <laughs> right? <laughs> so we'll just repeat that. Boldness <laughs> takes your soul-ness. Soul, soul fullness.
1: It means it takes the full capacity of your soul, right? It means that in order to be bold, you have to engage your entire soul. And what usually happens deeper, I think you and I know that well, having come from a corporate world and also working with a corporate world, what we mostly engage is our head.
0: What's that? I was oh. just joking. <laughs> <laughs> Where's that? <laughs> I don't know anything about that. I'm like, I am an engineer, but of course, I mean, like, I've never been rational and logical with any of my choices and decisions. Of course, we're all like so rational. We want to analyze yes. everything uh, to yes. the point. So, tell yes. us about that. Yes,
1: and and we don't want to. I don't want to make our heads wrong. Right? I don't want to make our brilliant minds wrong or the brilliant minds of our clients. Absolutely not. What I'm trying to say is that not that they are wrong, but they're simply not enough. Right? Because to be bold is to take risks for what matters to you most. And sometimes you don't even know if that's the right answer, but it doesn't matter because you feel it's the right thing for you to do. You feel that you cannot not do it and that's something that you can feel from a place of your soul, from the home of your meaning. Because from your head, you feel different things, right? You're noticing the risks, and there are immediately the alarm things, the red flags coming up, saying, oh, wow, watch out. No, not there, right? So, so the task of your head is to keep you in the in the land of cautious leadership. Or as I like to say, there is a limit to your boldness that comes from your head.
0: There's a limit to your boldness that comes from your head. Yes. That's a fabulous statement. Thank Mm -hmm. you. And we're just going to repeat that. There's a limit to boldness that comes from your head. Absolutely. And I hear you when you say that because what matters to you most comes from your heart.
1: Yeah. You can call it heart, I'm calling it soul. So we can call it any other center of intelligence, but it's not your head because your head is not enough. And, and, and also, because if we say what matters to you is your leadership work, so it's any work that with, with which you are sort of serving the wider context of the world, right? And in your head, sometimes you're not even getting the right clarity around what this work is or better to say that the head wants to have that clarity before it moves and the soul or the heart as you're calling it there's to know it's simply there's to know that's for me to do that's what i need to do that's what's pulling me and i need to go after it
0: right i've realized i've learned what matters to me the most and i do know that when I finished my engineering degree mm. and I went into my first IT job, I didn't know what mattered to me the most. Mm. Yeah, And somehow along the way, we get socialized, conditioned, that this is success, this is life. And then there is a slight irritation, the slight anger, the slight frustration towards things that we're uncomfortable with, not knowing that, we are actually moving away from what matters most to us.
1: Yeah, yeah. So now you, you've just inspired me to, to to sort of reply back in two directions, and I just I just need to make a choice right now. <laughs> so so here's the choice. It's really hard to hold both our vision and discomfort at the same time from the place of our heads. That's really hard to do because our head does not want discomfort; it wants safety. It wants comfort. It wants comfort zone, right? It wants to reestablish that equilibrium, puts us back to where we feel safe.
0: So let's go back to the original question, Zana. How did it hurt you to not be bold? Well, I
1: recognize myself in this story that you just offered there, right? So you have, you, you follow the path of what sort of socially conditioned to be a success, Right? And then once you stepped, like for me, once I stepped into the corporate world, it, it, it was almost around, so that this is it, you know, and, I, and I'm using my head and I'm being very, I almost wanted to say rational, but the real word for me here is reasonable. I really need to be reasonable in the decisions that I'm making and how I'm acting and sort of what's expected from me. I need to be reasonable. And, and obviously that comes from your head. Because lots of unreasonable stuff comes from your soul, right? And your heart, right? So these are really things that makes us feel alive. And I was more preoccupied with staying safe rather than making bolder decisions, choosing what makes me feel alive. And, and to sort of use your language with this meet my potential or unlock your potential, from the place of safety, you cannot unlock your full potential, It's just not possible. You're staying safe and you're staying small. Right? So as leaders, I believe we either add up to the smallness of this world or to the greatness of this world. And we cannot be choosing to play small and at the same time add to the greatness of this world. It's just, it doesn't happen.
0: It's Mm -hmm. not possible. I often have people come for coaching and they tell me, deeper in your methodology, in your program that you have, so are you telling me that you're going to give me frameworks and in your coaching methodology, I will be able to arrive at my destination in a safe way? <laughs> I, I bet
1: that you start laughing a little bit there, especially when they say in a safe way. So is this risk-free? Let me change, but make it a risk-free journey. <laughs>
0: And how do you address that?
1: Yeah, I I think we also need to normalize that because that is a normal human behavior, right? We're wired to look for something that's safe, that's certain. These are our basic needs, right? And it's not something that we can go against. So it's about a choice. It's about knowing that it stretches me knowing that it's a it's an edge for me to cross and going there in service of something in service of something bigger bigger me bigger contribution that i give to the world and then eventually bigger world that we're all making up
0: one way or another right mm-hmm. what's important about this what's important about this what's important about taking time to discover what's What lights you up most? What's important about finding out what matters most to you and getting on that path?
1: It's not that I don't feel afraid. It's not that I'm not seeing risk. But this risk, this fear, simply matters less than something else. It matters less than what I really want to create, than who I really want to become. My discomfort matters less than my vision.
0: I like that. My discomfort matters less than my vision. And I imagine the first step is actually to know what is my vision. Take time to think about what's my vision? How do I want to live? uh, What's the stance I want to take? uh, What's the impact I want to create for myself, for my family, for my community, for the world around me?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, you've just invited me to, to put forward another stake. And it's this, another belief, right? Is that our life and our leadership is much more designed by the questions that we dare to ask ourselves, than by our addiction to the right answer. So just if we go back to that story of this client. Uh, uh, that you mentioned, like, will can I go through this methodology in a safe way? Like, is there already an answer? Right? It, is there exactly. A,
0: yeah. Like, uh, will I be able to find uh, well-being and yeah. uh, all in the current job where I that I have, where I am working, like fifty fifty-five hours a week? Hmm. Will I be able to find well-being and still be in the same job? Still. Yeah. Yeah. do exactly, have the benefits of yeah. the job? How can yeah. I have that? Yeah. And how can I do that in a way without jeopardizing any of the success that I have achieved up until now?
1: Yeah,
0: Because I don't want any, to lose anything. Yeah, exactly, exactly.
1: So just notice how this is looking for an additional answer that can sort of help me kind of keep what I'm satisfied with and sort of eliminate what I'm not. And instead of that... I think it's much more important that we stay with an inquiry of like, what, where am I right now? What's happening for me? Like, what do I want? Like, what would be, a, what's the next level of me? Like, this is who I am right now, and then what's next? And then what's the next level of me needed for whatever is next for me? Like, just notice that here, we don't have any answer. But we have some brilliant questions that can sort of, bring us to to, to the presence of ourselves and really think, like, where am I and where am I going?
0: I like the question. And at the same time, at a very practical level, Mm -hmm. let's take 15 years ago.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: 15 years ago, I couldn't imagine that I would be a coach and I'd be running leadership programs. I had no clue that mm-hmm. this is going to be my passion and this is going to be my life forever. Mm-hmm. Now, in 15 years' time, it's very hard for me to imagine and ask, and sit with that question, what's the next level of me?
1: Yeah.
0: So how do you help people there? Yeah. I can, I can so relate to this story,
1: Deepa, so, so very much. And... Um, so the question, how, how do we help people with that? I think we can never um, uh, stop pointing them to the importance of a conversation, right? So, so, so I, I might be all around the least, but, but here's another one. But conversations are designing our life. They're designing our leadership. And there are so many conversations we don't dare to have with ourselves, let alone with other
0: people. <laughs> I totally agree with you. You right? know, I, I truly believe that conversations are seeds that we plant in people's brains. Exactly. And then, exactly. you know, some of them sprout and some of them sprout and become trees in five or 10 years time. And some of them just don't sprout at all. So that's exactly why I truly believe in the proverb, you are the average of five people that you are with yeah. because these five people determine the conversations that you have. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And what I noticed in my practice and in my personal life, the more you are developed, the more you are willing to open these bigger conversations, the more you will notice what kind of conversations am I actually having with people that that make a regular part of my life? And are these the conversations that I that I want? And now, mind you, we're not trying to say here, okay, so get rid of these people, like, you know, throw them under the bus because they're not giving you the right types of conversations. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is that, okay, if we're not having these types of conversations, how can I bring them? Absolutely. How, how can Absolutely. I initiate a bigger and bolder conversation? Because that's that's what leaders do, right? That's that's the main task of a leader, to bring a bigger, a bolder, a tougher uh, conversation to bring more of a hard, loving truth in talking with our people and with themselves.
0: <laughs> so, what is bigger and bolder leadership for you?
1: Oh, wow! So, so this is this is this is a great question, and ov- obviously, there are myriads of, of, of ways how to answer this question, like a million of doorways ways where we can go. Um, But I'd like to stick to this word soul that I mentioned at the very beginning, because that's also the framework, the concept that I'm presenting in my book. And the soul stands for something. It actually stands for self, for other, universe, and legacy. And now it may sound like a a little bit like a concept in the air, but there are some really clear questions in each of these sort of lands or areas Right, that either define us as bold leaders, or not. So if we if we just start with with s with self, we go back a little bit to that conversations that we had. What's the next level of me for the next level of my work, right? Leaders, like, or at least from my experience, in this uh, this sort of overpacked business realities that they're in their normal question is how do I survive, (laughs) right? They don't usually ask, well, what's the next level of me needed for the next level of my work? It's just like, how do I survive? Give me some tips, right? That's not a bigger and bolder conversation and it doesn't lead to a bigger and bolder leadership, right? So we need to change it.
0: Yes, we need to... And I like that. It is bold because the next level of you means... Shedding away something that you own today. Mm. And I talk about that in my model where I say, we always need to reset. And when we need to reset, that means something needs to die.
1: Oh, wow. That's so beautiful. That's so beautiful. And, and there, the, that's where the pain is, right? Because I, I don't know whether I want it to die. And I don't know who I will be when that dies, right? Absolutely. That's- Absolutely. That's, yeah. that's, that's the fear. But the thing is, with all the discomfort of having one of my parts dying, I can still have the vision of who I can become. And that's the vision that pulls me forward
0: through the discomfort. So S is self, and part of the soul, the O is for the other.
1: The O is for the other. Right. right.
0: What's important about that?
1: Um, Let's, you know, to go back to that, to that, the task of the head, this is how we usually wired, like we, we vote about people, right? I I, I deliberately not saying we judge them, but we sort of vote, like I like you, no, I don't like you, I like what you bring, I don't like what you bring, right? But it's not that normal that we wired to find the wisdom in other people. That's a bold way right? To always find wisdom in other people. It's a bold way, and it's not necessarily a soft way. So we need to make a clear distinction there, right? But it's simply calling people forth, telling them hard, loving truth, and calling them forth as against calling them out, as against criticizing them. I don't like, yeah.
0: you. I don't like what <laughs> you bring, right? Yeah. You know, there's a sense of generosity there. The sense of generosity that I extend, a generosity of non-judgment towards the other.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then again, you know, the other is a huge source of learning for ourselves because literally everything that we do see in the other is something that we exhibit somewhere in our lives. And Mm -hmm. that's really confronting, right? Because if we cannot be with the a lazy attitude or irresponsible, it's really, really hard to say, well, I'm lazy too. I'm irresponsible too. And I
0: am. I'm often allergic to something in someone else that I am challenged with. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I used to be allergic to lazy people because I was very Mm action-oriented, because I couldn't sit on the sofa and just watch the plants outside my window grow. And that is exactly what I needed.
1: Yeah, yeah. And you see how then we judge the thing for which we don't give ourselves permission, right? I'm not giving myself permission for that. So who are you to bring back? Right? And and in my bolder other, let's turn it around. Let's see what I can learn from you. Let's see how what you bring can make us both wiser. And and let's share with each other hard loving truth when we are not growing to the level of our full potential.
0: Let's do that as well. Fabulous. Uh, so what triggers me most about you is what I'm not giving myself permission to be with what you have within you and what you practice so easily. And there is no way for an individual to make any kind of change happen unless you have resolved what makes you allergic to other people. And I talk about this because change happens in relationship with your ecosystem. No change can happen in isolation. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful.
1: Beautiful. There's a sentence in my book that says, leadership does not happen in isolation, right? It happens (laughs) in a relationship. As a matter of fact, it happens in a radical connection. And what we're talking about here is radical, because we're not normally wired with this kind of attitude or behavior. Right. Because it's hard. Let's normalize that as well. We're not trying to say, oh, this is easy. Like we're in a leadership development space. It becomes so easy for us. No, No, absolutely not. It creates so much discomfort.
0: (laughs) Right. And
1: we're holding it.
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I love how you point to discomfort. Leadership happens in those uncomfortable moments. And at the same time, I want to remind people, I've been in uncomfortable situations. I've challenged myself very often. And I bet you too have, uh, Sana, uh, from one bold woman Absolutely. to another bold woman. And I can tell you that there've been moments where I've been challenged so much that I have learned nothing out mm-hmm. of that. And that's when you need to know that stretching yourself out of the comfort zone is not teaching you anything and it's just breaking you. And that's when also one needs to know that I'm stretching so far out of my comfort zone that I'm not in my zone of learning. That's when you, you need to give up on your resilience because resilience and persistence are great, but beyond a certain point, they start to eat you up.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. What's your take on that? So I'll tell you what comes up for me as I'm listening to you. Uh, there's something
1: around pausing, and there's something around presence, right? Because sort of stretching ourselves or, 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 or continuously stretching ourselves kind of puts me in the doing space. And we definitely need to remember that leadership is much about the being space, right? Like, like all those important questions, those inquiries, They don't happen so much in the doing space as much as they do in a being space. (laughs) Right? So instead of just doing more and more and more to develop, there are just moments where I need to stop and not do anything and just be with myself, stay with my thoughts, stay with my whole body, if you like. To really notice what's, what's, what's happening for me. And, and most of the times, what is it that I cannot be with? I might be not taking it into a different direction. But it's like, what is it that I cannot be with? When we pause, we can notice that best. And that may be a source of our biggest growth.
0: Beautiful. Thank you. So here's an invitation for all of you who's listening out there. Um, there is so much benefit In just that little pause, you don't need to go on a 40-minute meditation like I did this week in the morning. (laughs) You don't have to do that, trust me. But just pause for five minutes. And pause especially when something annoys you, something bothers you. Just sit down and see, what's bothering me? And even when things are great, just sit down and pause and say, what's nice about this? There's a lot of value in pause, and I say busy is the new disease these days. So let's pause and let's Absolutely. move on to the next one. You know, soul, S O S-O-U-L, U uh, L, soulful leadership. So the so tell but us I, a little bit. Yeah, I think we've come to the U bit to the universe,
1: right? If we exactly if, if we leave the other and we and we go to a completely different dimension, right? We go to the dimension where we where we. Take our accountability for what's happening around us to a completely different level, right? So what does that mean? That Many times we think, this doesn't concern me, right? And let me be here really practical because I read the other day uh, your message that you will correct me if I'm wrong. If you're part of a team and you see something's not going right, it's your responsibility to speak up. I think I've captured the message, right? Exactly. I not I have captured exactly. the right words, right? So, so this is very much about a universe because universe is a wide concept. You know, it can be your family. It can be any system that you're in, right? So if you feel that there's something not being spoken in that metaphorically said universe, you as a leader speak up. If I feel in a team that my colleague is not going into the right direction like for the collective benefit, I've got a choice. I can think, well, it doesn't concern me. And be really practical now. It doesn't concern me, right? So that's the story that I say to myself. I'll focus on my little bit of work. It doesn't concern me. And then to justify that belief, I go a step forward and I say, well, even if it did, my voice doesn't matter.
0: My voice doesn't matter. I may not be heard or I might risk being not heard in the future, I might risk being put away from this project. I might risk being not chosen into the next level project because the leader may not like what I say. I'm challenging literally the status quo of the decisions and the choices that the leader has made. So I'm actually pointing out in a way that he's made a mistake. And so why should I take the risk of putting myself in the line of fire to do that? And I have been in that position several times. I've I have been fired as a coach and a consultant uh, for exactly those reasons, because I spoke up, because, and this is so important for me. Like I was once, let me give you this example, like you just triggered me on this. It's okay, we're in the
1: right space, yeah.
0: <laughs> I was once in a, a workshop with a team, coaching a team, and the team, I was asked by the CEO to take the team in a certain direction. Mm. And from the coaching, literally in that team coaching, you wouldn't believe it. It was for the very first time that I had 80% of the participants crying for four hours. We had finished boxes of tissues. And for a team which was close to burnout and literally crying, for me, it was completely non-ethical to push to push them in the direction that was mm-hmm. given to me as a mandate from the CEO. Yeah. And I refused to do that in my next workshop. Mm. And obviously, because I refused to do that, I was no more the coach for that team. Yeah. Yeah. And I have, and people on LinkedIn, this team, they sent me messages and said, Deepa, when are you going to come back and work with us? Mm. Deepa, what's happening in our organization is not the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: Ahead and ahead that
0: and, and that is very important for me. It's like to stand up yeah. for what is ethical and what is right for you. And that's yeah. very important for us as consultants um, to stand up for that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because that's the way we serve our clients. And that's the way we serve us and our leadership. This is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful story, Deepa. And you actually kind of rounded all the three questions that were important for me doesn't concern me. My voice does not matter. And then finally, why would I? (laughs) Because you could have asked yourself, now, why would I do that and lose my position as a coach here? But let me tell you one thing. There's no boldness without personal risk involved. There's no boldness without personal risk involved.
0: Now, let me take this back in organizations. In organizations, sometimes that fear is real for people if yeah. they speak up. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, it's always real, not just in the organizations. That fear is always real. And here we come. And that's, that's a, so, so let me put this as a, as a dilemma. This is a dilemma. We're always in that dilemma. This is a dilemma between what makes me feel safe and what makes me feel alive or The dilemma between conformity and integrity. Do I conform so that I can fit in? Or do I stay true to myself, to what really matters to me? We conform with our heads. We follow what truly matters to us with our soul.
0: That is so true. And yet, when you take your feet off the ground and you decide to be true to yourself, and speak up, when you take your foot off the ground, you're literally losing ground because you don't know if you can pay your next electricity bill. Like I'm just exaggerating here, but but that is a choice for some people. Absolutely, and you're not even exaggerating because this is reality,
1: right? This is reality. But what, first of all, the thing that happens is when we get into a certain pattern of behavior, we're repeating that pattern. Every risk seems the risk that we cannot take. So if we're not present, if we're not conscious, if we're not intentional, we can't differentiate, right? Or let me ask you this. Okay, so if I choose to stay safe because I have all the valid down-to-earth reasons why I cannot make a bold move, what's the cost of it
0: in the long run? So I'm going to put it back to you, Zena. <laughs> no one leaves my podcast without answering a question. <laughs> you know, I'm like that little pit bull, uh, pit bull dog, right? I catch you and I don't leave you. So what did it cost you for not being bold? Tell me a story. Oh, my God. So I, I,
1: I'm opening my book with that story, And I can't share the details because I would kill all the anticipation. Maybe I'm just (laughs) building the anticipation. Maybe I just am. Um, But the end to my corporate career was pretty abrupt. I think that's the perfect English word. Um, So I'm just going to share this little thing. this, This is going to be actually great for your podcast listeners. I was not fired. I was physically kicked out of the headquarters building. Oh, wow. Ouch! Wow! Wow! That hurt. Hmm. Mm. And that was the beginning of my boldness, the beginning of uncovering my boldness. So here's the thing.
0: That must have hurt.
1: Oh, that was really, really, really painful. And I believe people start developing either because their life becomes truly painful or truly tasteless. I'm not even sure that there is a difference between these two elements, right? But what I'm trying to say is that they were confronted with a really hurtful event or they're just simply, you know, bit by bit, day by day, they lost themselves. They don't know who they are and it doesn't taste anything. Any longer, and it doesn't have to be that way. Although that most of the time is the beginning, but if we, if if that's the point where we get on board, where we get on that train, jump on that train, and then we realize that we are for the rest of our lives learners, and never know us. We're not know us. Not even now. Not me. Not you, Deepa. Not our audience. We're not know us. We are learners. Because there's mm-hmm. so much to learn, there, there are always different circumstances and we are always part of the system and there's always different dynamics in the system. We meet different people, we get challenged by different things, we, 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 we mature and then there are bigger goals in front of us and bigger conversations and we always, always need to learn. We need to invent and reinvent different next versions of ourselves. Absolutely,
0: absolutely. Once we need to upgrade start, our operating system all the time. All
1: the time. But once you start looking at life through these lens, things become different. You can face all of your challenges in a different way. and still absolutely. not saying it's easy. I'm still not saying it's easy. And, you know, honestly, it's much more fun.
0: I agree with you. <laughs> I can almost agree with you. It's fun in the sense that it's fun at the end of it. It's fun, like, it's not fun through it. Because when you take your feet off the ground and you lose that grip of certainty, when you make those bolder choices to speak up, when you are actually physically, like in your situation, physically out or any or anything like that, when something like that happens to you, you lose grips with any kind of stability, certainty, any kind of knowing, and you don't know what is to come. But in that unknown, you find the answers, you find a way, and it's unbelievable. Humans, we are so capable. We forget that we are so capable. We believe, we have this false belief that we've got to know before we take the next step. Yeah. we don't yeah. have to know before we take the next step. And I talk about this, and you will see my uh, one of my videos, which is going to come up. Like you know, I was brought up in India, and you know, in India, even now when you go back, like you're on the street, uh, you're driving a car in the highway at night. You know, you don't know which truck will pop up in the same you know from the opposite side. Yeah. And uncertainty, yeah. clubbed with mortality, is something that we face in India all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is, it's just taken for granted and you don't have a grip, but somehow uh, the Western civilization, which is, you know, the industrial revolution and everything, all the planning, which is great. Um, it's great when things are predictable. And at the same time, when things become hard, when things become yeah. complex, when things become painful, it just becomes very hard. So just know, like what Zana is saying for those who are listening, is like, when life happens when painful Mm. events happen and you don't have a grip trust that your inner potential will meet you yes absolutely
1: absolutely there's there's always something that's larger than us that we need to put our trust in we don't have to sort out everything we don't have to control everything what we need to do is to stay open to the experience of life rather than open to the illusion of safety, because that's exactly what it is. It's an illusion. Illusion of safety or illusion of control? Both, <laughs> both, and I know them well. <laughs>
0: They go so, hand in hand. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, uh, let's, let's just live under the illusion of control. And now I'm controlling this podcast in the direction where it's going. So <laughs> <laughs> the L is for legacy. Tell us what is the legacy all about?
1: Yeah. It's actually a, a really cool ending of this conversation that we had just now. So, so it's simply about a choice. Uh, whether we are making a living or whether we are creating a legacy, right? And and, and I'm just going to um, share one thing uh, uh, that I've learned and it had a huge impact on me. It, it's come from my leadership mentor who said, I am not creating a work for myself to make living, although that is an outcome of me creating a work for myself. But I'm doing it primarily to create Edges to cross. Can you That's, repeat that again? I'm creating a work for myself primarily to create edges to cross for myself, which means I am growing through every work that I'm creating for myself. I'm growing to, through every work that I'm doing, which literally means deeper. I'm not saying small. And not staying small. We can't create legacy by staying small. We can't create legacy by being primarily focused on our sense of safety. And even il- having an illusion that it's a tangible thing, it's not.
0: Mm-hmm. And I just want to normalize something here for the audience. Your legacy doesn't have to be something big. Like uh, Zena here is talking about big and bold leadership, but big does not mean that you have to be the leader of a big company making something big. You can simply be a school teacher. You can simply be a yoga, you know, anything. You can just a simple person who's not even working, but, Bigger and bolder leadership is about the impact that you create around, in the world around you.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I so love that you use this example now, Deepa, of a school teacher. And I'm going to share something really personal here. I hope, I sincerely hope from the bottom of my soul that all the school teachers of my son are doing their work by creating a legacy. Do you know why? Because it's going to heavily impact my son, who is in their hands for eight hours a day. Absolutely. Exactly. Thank you so much.
0: Amen to that. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) So, um, and edges to cross, it doesn't have to be big uh, junctures in, um, because leadership has somehow, like when I ask people, And sometimes people tell me, no, I'm not a leader. Uh, It's not about position in an organization. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think, Zana, you and I, we share the same notion of a leader. Everyone is a leader of their life. And simple, that's it. And so it's about you meeting your challenges. It's about you becoming a better version of you. It's you becoming a higher version of you, your next level, and you like I say, meeting the potential that exists within exactly, you. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Here's 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 my belief that we can all do something about anything. It's a matter of concern, not a matter of power. So it's not a matter of a formal authority. It's a matter of your own choice to act like a leader. Can you give me an example? Well, a simple example in the organizations, I'm not in a formal authority, so I don't speak up because my voice does not matter. I'm not the boss. Can't do any changes. Right. Who am I? Right. It doesn't concern. It's not my responsibility because what we have in our heads, it's not my formal responsibility, but it's everybody's responsibility. Right? So if we, want, if we want to go a little bit philosophical here, we would say then this is the way we create the world we don't want to live in eventually because we all give our little contribution by not speaking up, by not pointing other people, by not taking a personal risk for what matters for all of us. And this happens from a, you know, we can talk about a, a big world issues, but we can talk about a little project team topics, where exactly the same pattern is being followed. I'm not, I'm not going to speak about it. I'm not going to... Like, here's the thing, Deepana. You, you're just inspiring me to go deeper and deeper and deeper. We're all so good in having an opinion, but we're not so good in having a voice. Right? And this is what leaders have, regardless of their position. They have an opinion and they voice it out. They're there to know that there's something important to be said. But having an opinion without voicing it out, we're not helping anyone. We're not making a contribution. That's not leadership. That can end up being gossiping, (laughs) but it's not leadership.
0: You know, I say um, silence is a misused privilege. Oh, wow. I love that. I love that. I'll just repeat that. Silence is a misused privilege so for all of you listening out there i hope you feel inspired by this conversation to make one small bolder move to be more of who you are and to be and to bring yourself fully alive in this world and before we let zana go zana what's your one last message for the audience so i spoke about conversations We need to have
1: conversations. The more they feel uncomfortable, the more they are needed. To have a conversation around how bold your personal leadership is, is not something that's comfortable, but it's needed. So we need to, the sooner the better, face ourselves with the question, am I surviving or
0: am I leading? (laughs) Beautiful. That is just excellent. I know it's not easy, and I can tell you, and I can vouch for what Sanna just mentioned. The most uncomfortable conversations are the conversations that grew us and conversations that just makes everything better because there's no safe way to fix anything. So have those uncomfortable conversations. Stretch yourself. Give us a call. Let us know how fun it was to have those uncomfortable conversations. <laughs> And remember and ask yourself this question, like she mentions, are you trying to survive or are you leading truly? Thank you so much, Zana, for being here with us.
1: Thank you, Deepa. I really, really enjoyed it.
0: I'll put the links to Zana's website in the show notes. Don't hesitate to go and check up on her link and she's going to be writing, or sorry, And she is writing an awesome book and I can't wait to read that. So do go check out her book once it's out so you can get the full story of how she got kicked out, if you want to know. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) And how she got bolder and bigger. (laughs) Thank you so much, Liva, for this. Thank you. If you like this episode, I'd appreciate if you can give us some feedback on your podcast application. I love hearing from you. And remember... We'll be publishing episodes now once or twice a month and we are here to bring you the most inspiring and quality episodes. Also head over to meetmypotential.com slash samskara to subscribe to our magazine where we bring you articles from inspiring leaders. So subscribe so that you can get the magazine as soon as it's launched in your email box. I look forward to talking to you soon and until then, stay cool.